You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now, <laughs> head coach of the Golden Knights, Pete DeBoer. Pete, are you going to miss those questions from uh, Justin Emerson? You know, you know what I'm not going to miss, guys, is the Zoom conference uh, press conferences. <laughs> uh, what a what a nightmare! But we're, we're battling through. <laughs> All right, we need an answer to an important question. What exactly does a baby blue jersey mean during practice? <laughs> That's, we thought it was red, and then he was in baby blue. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so so red is no contact, and, and what happened that day, uh, Jack Eichel obviously is no contact, but um, he's, he's edging towards contact. We had a bunch of drills that we didn't consider to be contact drills, and, and one of our forwards tested positive that morning, so we had a hole on one of our lines, uh, so we put him in baby blue, so... Baby blue is uh, um, uh, full practice, uh, but I think everyone on the ice knows uh, not to hit Jack Eichel, regardless of what <laughs> color he's in. Can you guys please put Jack Eichel in a different colored jersey every day? <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. We'll try for you. <laughs> Can you, uh, I mean, you must be a little chomping at the bit as well with Jack Eichel as everyone is to see him and to get him healthy. I mean, I know you knew him before, but when you see him on a daily basis, do you say, man, uh, I, some things have to happen for him to get on the ice, but we can't wait for it to happen? Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's a Ferrari. He's, uh, he's got that type of speed and explosiveness, um, you know, in a game uh, and in a league where you can count probably on one hand the, the number of guys that, can, that have you, that, that type of back you off uh, speed and and acceleration. So, um, you know, and that's where the game's been going. Um, I think the, the opportunity to acquire him, to acquire him in his prime at 25. And uh, really, for me, the most important thing is his mindset. You know, he, he's out and, and he wants to prove something. Uh, I think he considers himself uh, in that class with McDavid and uh, McKinnon and all those guys and, uh, and wants to show that. Uh, is Robin Leonard now good in shootouts? <laughs> we were just saying that. I mean, maybe the most improved in the league for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, if you had had a hundred bucks heading into that shootout with Vasilevsky at one end and Lenny at the other end uh, in Tampa, not many people would have put their money on on Leonard. But uh, you know, he came up huge for us. He, he, one thing people don't see: he, he works at his game. You know, I think uh, every year at the end of the year we kind of identify areas that everybody wants to work on and coming into Vegas. Uh, one of one was breakaways and shootouts for him. Uh, it was, it was never a, a serious strength, but he works at it. He works at it. He studies films and, and uh, he's getting better and better. His numbers. And I mean, just sometimes it means nothing, but we had Dave Shane on the other day and his numbers are better on the road. I'm sure you know that. And Dave suggested, you know, some guys like to play in front of visiting ta- people it kind of gets them fired up uh they're not stark differences but they're differences have you ever to figure out why he's so good on the road you know what i, I haven't I, I think our team has been better on the road this year um and i and i think uh you know he's a, he's obviously a big part of that um you know I, I for some reason we haven't played 
as solid as home as an entire group. And, uh, you know, we've got to change that in the second half. And, I, and I'm sure we will. Um, but, you know, we, we've gone on the road and had some really good team efforts and some fantastic goaltending efforts. Have you ever had a season where you've had so many guys coming in and out of the lineup for whatever reason guys are coming in and out of the lineup this year? Never. I, I, I've never seen anything like it, never dealt with anything like it. And, and the problem is it's uh, what makes it exponentially tougher is it's all last-minute stuff for the most part. I mean, we, we come in, a typical day for us, is for people that don't know, players roll in here at uh, 7.30, 8 a.m. They're immediately tested. And we get those test results back over kind of a two-hour time window between 8 and 10, and we're on the ice at 11. So, uh, you know, we'll get notified at at 10 o'clock that three guys tested positive. Sometimes they're false positives, so we retest them, and we find out an hour later that two of the three were false and one was real. So, I mean, it's just a constant juggling act of who's in, who's out, who's available, who can practice. Uh, and, you know, I mean, COVID has turned everybody's world upside down, but uh, it's nothing like I've ever dealt with before. How many times have you been in the second period of a game and forgotten who was on which line? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's more names. It, it's, not a, it's not a line. They give, they give us a card. They make it idiot-proof for me. They, they give us a card that I can look down and read. But, you know, it's, it's when you're calling out... Uh, <laughs> names of guys, or you go blank, uh, you're looking at a kid and you're going, uh, who, who is this again? <laughs> that, uh, that, that those are the embarrassing moments for you as a coach. I mean, usually in bad times, you kind of go to the leadership group, but a lot of your leadership group has been hurt or off with COVID as well. So is it a night-to-night thing in terms of leadership? Because you can't really say, oh, it's the captain tonight, and, and he's been out as well. So you've been resilient, yeah. and you've had these different leaders, I assume, kind of have to pop up at a moment's notice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's been the benefit of, of what's happened. The silver lining is, is uh, you know, we've gotten leadership from different guys. Uh, no, I, I just look at the first half of our season and, you know, we needed, uh, you know, everyone talks about Stone and, and Petro and uh, Pacioretty. You know, and, and a lot of those guys have missed significant time. And, you know, I think Marcia so has stepped up and Riley Smith stepped up big time. And, you know, on defense, we've seen a lot of growth out of Haig and White Cloud with Martinez out of the lineup. So, you know, we've gotten, uh, you know, every, everybody has stepped up on the ice, but we've also gotten, you know, depth leadership from a lot of people in that dressing room. The NHL announced some of the skills competition. There's going to be a couple uh, Las Vegas themed ones. One's going to be like blackjack where they got to hit giant playing cards and get to 21 is the point there. Uh, Who on your team do you think would be the best at that? Oh, wow. Um, You know, well, there's a couple of guys there that I'm not sure can count to 21. So we'll we'll eliminate them. (laughs) But, you know, I, I would think uh, the the accuracy shooting, uh, which I'm assuming that, that that's what this is about, uh, uh, Patch Marcia So for sure uh, would be guys that would be really good there. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, it, it'll be really interesting because we've got some gamblers on our team, so uh, it'll be interesting to see who hits on uh, on 15 or 16 and who holds. <laughs> 
Do you win the hot lap against every other coach? <laughs> you, I mean, obviously, we know your past, so you're probably knocking Cooper down to the ice or something like that and whacking him in the head. You would, not, you would first off, <laughs> you would not want to see that. Uh, I'm sure what it would look like, they'd have to put up tires and hay bales and things are the size of the rink so that uh, to make sure nobody got hurt. Uh, that, that's something that I wouldn't subject anybody to. No, I think you're wrong. We do want to yes, see this. Exactly. I want to see this more than I want to see Connor McDavid skate really fast. This is exactly what we want to see. Uh, what is your thought process when you're selecting Mark Stone to shoot in the seventh round of a shootout? Wow. Um, are you second guessing my, my choice of, of who went before? I think Mark Stone was second guessing <laughs> your choice. I think he choice. was shocked when you said his name. Yeah. You know what? We, we, we have a whole analytic breakdown of uh of shootouts and shootouts against particular goalies and i tr- i really try not to overthink those situations we usually go by the list um you know we will move guys around on that list based on who's having a hot game uh, i'll give you an example we've used Dadenoff earlier in in shootouts before uh because he scored during the game you know it scoring is a streaky thing and if you're feeling it um you know, we tend to move you up uh, if you've had some success that night. And if you haven't scored in a while, we move you down. But, like, you got to feel – how do you feel when Mark Stone acts like it's the greatest accomplishment of his career when he scored a shootout goal? Well, that guy, I tell you, he uh, he's the uh, he's the heart and soul of our team. You know, he uh, the emotion he plays with, the importance of, of every win, and, and – more importantly, how excited he gets for other guys at their successes. You know, that that's, for me, the true testament of a leader. You know, it, it's one thing to get excited about your own personal success, but uh, his, his excitement is genuine when someone else does something great. And, and a lot of times, he's not even on the ice. It's on the bench. People wouldn't even see it, you know, how excited he is for, for guys when uh, when they score a big goal or make a great play. We haven't talked to you since the Beijing thing happened, and uh, I know you're looking forward to that. What What was your response, and you know how bummed were you about that? Well, mixed emotions. Uh, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity to go to an Olympic Games and represent your country. I was excited about that. You know, I, I got to be honest, I wasn't excited about sitting in a a room quarantined in China uh, for a month and not being allowed to go to other events and and have the true Olympic experience. So. Right. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm not sure, you know, how upset I was that, uh, it didn't end up happening. Um, you know, I think, I think we all want to go to the Olympics, but you know, we want to all want to go and experience the Olympics. And I'm not sure that was going to be the case. Last question for you. How scared are you when Darren Millard is the emergency goalie? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, Millard's got some game. I'll tell you, he's, a, he's 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 a gamer. He uh, he's not the most talented guy, uh, but he's out there. He stands in there. Guys guys shoot him high. He he, uh, he has no fear uh, in his game. And uh, you know, I I give that that man a lot of credit. Uh, he's not a he's not a young guy. And uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, uh, his body's like a bag of milk. You guys wouldn't know what that is, but in Canada, we, we serve we serve milk in bags. We, you buy bags of milk, you put them in a holder, and he's got a body like a bag of milk. So he's not he's not the uh, most gifted, athletic uh, looking guy, but uh, he stands in there. 
Oh, well, thank we, you, we, thank you for and that because we I have a, own that, so no. you can tell you can tell him that came from me. Oh yeah, we oh. we have a new intro to when he joins us each Thursday. Yes, we'll just we, keep playing that. We'll keep playing that for him. He's Pete DeBoer, head coach of the Golden Knights. Pete, we appreciate it Thanks, this Pete. morning. Thanks, guys. Take care. A so. bag of milk for Millsy. Beautiful. <laughs> we'll just keep playing that. We won't even ask him questions. <laughs> a bag of milk. <laughs> That almost can you can you make that a good thing if you're a goalie? Hey, I'm just a bag of milk back there. <laughs> Cause wouldn't that that kind of suck up everything yeah. that hits you, right? Oh yeah. What, you oh, wouldn't get yeah. hurt. It would kind of like yeah. you know, a little little softness to you. <laughs> ah, poor <Darryl laughs> beautiful. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I never realized baseball had so much butt touching. Bischoff's Briefs. That's how they communicate. Bischoff's Briefs. It's like Braille, but with butts. Bischoff's Briefs. Read my butt! You heard it a little earlier in the show, but Mark Davis yesterday when asked about why Dave Ziegler, why Josh McDaniels were the guys that he wanted to be his general manager and head coach. Uh, he started referencing what Josh McDaniels' teams, what their offenses have looked like. And when he did so, he kind of had to try to separate Tom Brady from that, right? Because obviously if you just say, well, the New England Patriots have been great all the time that Josh McDaniels has been here, it's pretty easy to point to... <laughs> Well, they had Tom Brady for pretty much all of that. So, of course, they were great. But Mark Davis went out of his way to be like, listen, the Matt Castle year, great job. This past year with Mac Jones, great job. Mark Davis tried to basically give Josh McDaniels credit for seasons in which he did not have Tom Brady because having Tom Brady makes it pretty easy. So, Bischoff's Briefs today is taking a look at how Josh McDaniels' teams have done without Tom Brady. If we go back to 2008, McDaniels was the offensive coordinator of the Patriots. That's the year Brady got hurt and Matt Castle played in 15 games. The Patriots were seventh in offensive DVOA that year. They were a top 10 offense with even with Matt Castle at quarterback. Still a good offense, even though Tom Brady got hurt. They were better running than they were passing that year, but still a good offense, even though they lost Tom Brady. The following year is when McDaniels left New England and went to Denver to be the head coach of the Broncos. 2009, they were 18th. The Broncos were in DVOA. A little worse than average. 2010, granted he got fired, so he didn't coach the entire season, but they ranked 17th in offensive DVOA. So in his year and a half, almost two years with the Broncos, slightly below average offensively. Didn't have great quarterback play, though, He's partially to blame for that because he's the one that went and got Tim Tebow. Um, he had one season following that as the Rams offensive coordinator. They ranked dead last in offensive DVOA in the NFL. 32nd out of 32. Uh, terrible. But then he returned to New England as the offensive coordinator. Obviously a lot more years with Tom Brady. But in 2020, Tom Brady is with the Buccaneers. Cam Newton was the primary quarterback for New England. 23rd in offensive DVOA. Not very good that season. This past year, they draft Mac Jones with a rookie quarterback, ninth in DVOA. So if you look at the years in which Josh McDaniels didn't coach Tom Brady, he had two years in the top 10, one with Matt Castle, one with Mac Jones. 
He had two years in the bottom 10, right? The one year he was in uh, with the Rams and one year with Cam Newton as his quarterback. And then he had two years, both in Denver, where he was a little bit below, but basically average NFL offense. So two top 10 years, two bottom 10 years, two average years for Josh McDaniels. Not all that impressive, not all that awful, right? It's just that's sort of, I think, what you that's a normal variation right, of, right. of what you would expect. So I don't think there's a whole lot to take away from that. I don't think you look at that and say, oh, we got to hire this guy, right? Uh, nothing from that. My biggest takeaway, though, when looking these up was that Josh McDaniels coached Tom Brady as an offensive coordinator for a long time, right? So presumably you could might maybe give Josh McDaniels some credit for what the Patriots have done offensively for so many years, even though Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. But in those three years where Josh McDaniels was gone, when he went to Denver for two and then was with the Rams for one, the New England Patriots offensive rank by DVOA, first, first, third. In the three years Josh McDaniels left the Patriots, the Patriots were the best offense in football. I actually think McDaniels is going to be a solid offensive coach for the Raiders, mm-hmm. right? We'll find out how they do with personnel decisions and how who they hire for defensive coordinator. That's going to go a long way in determining how good they are. But I think they're going to be pretty good in terms of like their offensive play caller is going to be good. I think they're going to be a good offensive team under Josh McDaniels. But I don't think when Mark Davis says, well, the reason I wanted McDaniels is because the Patriots have been so good. And if you look at the years where McDaniels didn't have Brady, they were still good. I don't think that's a reason to hire him. Like, that's a bad process. If that's your reasoning behind why you hired McDaniels, that's not a good. I think you've got to have a better reason to hire McDaniels than that. That he was with the Patriots. Yeah. And that they were good the year that they had to go to Matt Castle in 2008. I'm thinking. Look, these these interviews lasted three hours. He was on a board. I, you know, I, I knew people in the interview room. Um, he spelled out a lot of his, you know, vision for it. I think sometimes I don't want to say like he's not the best in interview situations because he does give great quotes. I think Davis leaves a lot out of his answers that might be what the what what the truth is in terms of why he hired him. I think yesterday he got caught up in the whole Patriot way, but there had to be more to it. I think. I think sometimes he does leave some stuff out. He's not. It's not the greatest of answers all the time. Right. Until I, he gives you I have to believe Josh McDaniels impressed Mark Davis in the interview. Yes. That, hey, uh, look what we did with Mac Jones was sort of a starting point of, okay, you did that with Mac Jones. That's good. And then you talk to the guy for three to four hours. Right. and you Get a can, feel for him. And he can name all like the players yet. on the whiteboard. Yeah. And you're like, oh, good job. Hey. Good job. <laughs> But, I'm more impressed that they all got to do that. He told me everyone was able to do it. So, okay. That's a fun detail, by the way. Cause when you say name, all the players on our roster, that's what does that include? <laughs> does, um, that, does that, you include, better, well, you probably better know the two deep, like, <laughs> you, right. Does that like, if you said, okay, name like the 53 guys on the active roster for the final game we played, like, that's one thing. If it's like, Hey, uh, we had Javen White on the practice squad all season. Like, did he have to name the 18 guys that were on the practice squad? He did not tell me that. I doubt that. He All he said was, we put the same question to all of the people we interviewed and said, name our team, and they went to the board and they were all able to do it. Now, I don't know if that meant the two deep. I, I don't know, the meant the 53 that was in the last game. I don't know, but he said it was really impressive. And he goes, it does go to show you when these guys come in for interviews how prepared they are 
that they know pretty he goes there was very few times we asked a question and they did not know this about our team okay so something i'm gonna put out there and this may just because be because he is weird and doesn't watch movies but i honestly think that if we had a whiteboard and we had not told him that this is something that they had asked the gms and we had just challenged tyler name all 15th name the two deep for both offense defense and hell give us the long snapper the, well, those are the easy the, ones the, yeah, the, guy with no thumbs. Yeah. the guy with okay. no thumbs special teams is no. the easiest part of this i honestly think he, he might be able to do it because we've talked about the offensive line so much. We've talked about the linebacking core so much. They've been injured so much. They've moved the, safeties around so much. I'm trying to think of all backups on the offensive line. Well, there's only like three, isn't there? Yeah, because they, they got rid people. of all of them is I what mean, they did. Jordan Simmons is one. Um, who's the backup center that everybody wanted them to play that they never played? Uh, Nick uh, Martin, Nick the Martin, guy who's Nick been in the Martin, league yeah. for a long time. He's been there forever. Uh, I think forever. we're missing. There's only one other backup Simpson? lineman, isn't there? No, Simpson was playing. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, forgetting one, but here, okay. here's the thing. Here's like the Raiders reserve future list, right? Who is Justin March Lillard? No clue. He's a linebacker. Oh, okay. I would agree. Who's, yeah. who's Brett Hedgie? Here, who's Kavon Frazier? Who's Jordan Brown? Like, they've got guys okay, that you... They're not going to know those guys. Right, that's what I'm saying. There's You've no literally chance. never heard of, but no. they're they're part of the roster's ro- or right. Raiders roster right now. So that's when you say, can you name the roster? Like, there's no way. There's like 15 guys on this reserve futures list. I think it was more probably the two deep. I would hope so. It'd be my hope anyways. But that's, you know... And throw Nathan Peterman in there. <laughs> yeah. So, Nathan Peterman. Yeah. All right. That was good. Coming up next, we're we got a reverse show today. Yeah, we, we did Pete DeBoer. Normally, our guest is at nine thirty. So coming up next, guess what? More Raiders. The Raiders introduced new head coach Josh McDaniels and new GM Dave Ziegler yesterday. Uh, did you find it interesting at all that Dave Ziegler was ready to say he has full control of the roster? I'm glad he did. He made it very apparent who's making those decisions. Deshaun asked a question. I think it was a question that was going to be asked no matter what. And everyone wanted to know. Few peop- there are a few questions that ha- had to be asked at that press conference, and that was one of them because everyone wanted to know, is this going to be a Gruden situation? You know, Is this going to be McDaniels in Denver where he had full control of the roster and full control of the decisions? And Dave Ziegler was very clear that he will make the final decisions. I actually think it's the best way to go. I think he needs to make the final decisions. He's got to talk to McDaniels. I mean, they have to have some kind of relationship, and I know right. McDaniels want to, but one person has to make the final decision, and I think it should be him. And I I actually believe that they they seem close enough that Josh McDaniels is probably going to get his way sometimes. Sure. Like that Dave Ziegler might prefer to go in a different direction, but McDaniels might talk him into it and say, listen, I'd rather do this. And I'd rather have like, this guy. Right, and they seem to be close enough. But what I, like, okay, here's here's what I like about it from the media standpoint, we spent the last three years not knowing. Well, Mike Mayock do anything? Mike Mayock get credit or blame for a Hunter Renfro pick or a Cleveland Furl pick? Like we spent three years being like, what did Mike Mayock do? Well, they have some good things and some bad things. Who gets credit for it? Even if Josh McDaniels sort of wants a guy and talks Ziggler into it. Ziggler still is the one that's responsible for it. Yes. We know 100% who yes. is responsible for personnel decisions. So if they make 
a Cleveland Furl type pick, it's Dave Ziegler, right? If they make a, if they draft another Max Crosby in the fourth round, it's Dave, it's Ziegler. Dave Ziegler. Like, I just enjoy that from a how we talk about the team. We can actually talk about it with some certainty as to who gets blame or credit for when things go yeah. well or poorly for with personnel decisions. Because the past three years, it's it's just <laughs> been well, just put them together and blame them fifty one forty nine right and it's just a bunch of crap like that like give the general manager the power to yes. say no to the head coach right. right you listen to the head coach absolutely and you should probably do what the head coach wants most of the time but give the gm power to say no we're not drafting cleveland furl right like that's, or if we are we're going to draft we're going to trade the way the heck back <laughs> we're going to trade to the third round where he still might be a reach so I hey, just, we didn't know that. Right. I just, I like the f- finality of, hey, this guy is in control. And even if Josh McDaniels wanted him, the GM still had the power to say no. Whereas with Mayock and Gruden, Mayock apparently didn't have the power to say no if Gruden wanted something and Mike Mayock did. Right. Are we going to, let's say in year two, be able to go, a lot fewer guys from Clemson on this team. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot more from Alabama. From that, hold on, a lot of your guys from that Clemson championship yes, team, that specific Clemson team. Uh, what do you think of them keeping Gus Bradley? Like, should they be trying to do that? I'm not necessarily sure on that. One, I don't know if he wants to run the defense Gus Bradley runs, and also, and you've mentioned this before, they were so atrocious defensively. I think they got better defensively, but how much better did they get? They were still not a good defense no, this no, year. No, but they were just so bad right. in the past. And, that, and Vic Tafer said that yesterday. They were just so bad, people forget that. And Gus Brown did a nice job. I'm not saying they improved. They were better defensively. But is he a be-all, end-all if you don't have a relationship with him and you have a relationship with someone else that you think can do as good or better job, then you probably are moving on from Gus Bradley. Matt Patricia is available. <laughs> with his pencil. A lot of pencils around that building. Matt Patricia's probably got a better chance than Gus Bradley to get the job, doesn't he? I mean, what's, I would, his, what's his position right now? He is the senior football advisor for the oh, New England Patriots. Oh, not even. Oh, oh, it's Matt Patricia. He went back there. Jared, report that exclusively right now. <laughs> Matt, Acor- there, according to my sources, <laughs> Matt Patricia is the number one candidate for defensive coordinator for the Raiders. So we had Vic Tafer on yesterday, and one of the interesting things he said was, "Okay, if Gus Bradley's gone." you're remaking the defense because Mm -hmm. Gus Bradley brought in so many of like his guys, guys that had played for him before that knew his defense. And, you know, one of the biggest ones was Casey Hayward. Casey Hayward had a good season as a cornerback this year. That was a big boost for the Raiders who had terrible cornerback play previously. Like that was a big boost. Uh, If you go through the roster right now and just look at who's going to be a free agent, their four best defensive tackles are all free agents. Right, so they're going to have to replace the entirety of the interior line. I mean, you can bring those guys back, back. but they're all free agents. They do bring back all their edge rushers if they want. Obviously, you can move guys, but Crosby and Gakway, Ferrell, and um, Nassib are all under contract for next year. They lose KJ Wright at linebacker, but they do have Denzel Perryman for one more season if they want him, and they return all the secondary guys that were starters, with the exception. Of Casey of Hayward. Casey Hayward. Right. So you're looking at Trayvon Mullen at one corner, a hole at another, Nate Hobbs at slot corner, and you could go Trayvon Mooring and, and Jonathan Abram. and Abram at the safety spots if you want to. Again, you don't have to. I would hope, I'd guess, that Ziggler and McDaniels come in and say we need somebody better than Jonathan Abram to play safety. 
be my assumption, but we'll see what they do with Jonathan Abram. But basically, I don't think you bring back Gus Bradley for two reasons. One, a lot of these guys are free agents already. And two, one of the bigger reasons is you're in the same division as the Kansas City Chiefs. They got blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs twice. Twice. And a big reason behind that is the Raiders play cover three 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. Don't and blitz. It was cover two for the majority of the season that gave Patrick right. Mahomes trouble. And the one time they tried to change that, Jonathan Abram wasn't good enough to cover down the field. So I don't think there's a strong need for McDaniels and Ziggler to bring yeah. Gus Bradley back. I think you're better off getting your own guy, Matt Patricia, as Jared reported exclusively, getting your own guy, whoever that is, whoever they like, whatever coach they've seen and been like, yeah, we think you're impressive. We think you're going to be a great coordinator, a guy that's already been a coordinator, whatever it is, bringing in their own guy that wants to run whatever defense they think is going to give them the best chance to win in the AFC West. I don't know if he brings it back anybody to tell you the truth. Probably shouldn't, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he probably should just get his own staff. Yeah. Just clean house and get your own staff. I mean, obviously, you could like somebody that they had or have a previous relationship with them, obviously. But, yeah, I don't think there's any... I don't think the Raiders coaching staff was good enough to where you've got you've got you to play to you're like somebody. oh you can't let Rod right. Marinelli go right. right I I don't think you can do that I think the the interesting one would have been Rich Basaccia but you got a head coaching interview with the Jacks yeah. and that would that be, would have been really rough to bring him back with especially how the players have gone to bat for right him. that would There's have been a no weird have done that. that would have been weird scenario yeah. to be like yeah this guy led him to the playoffs and now he's a special all teams the co- coach all the but players love him. love him so like imagine. Imagine bringing Basaccia back as a special teams coordinator when all the players love him and then the Raiders start two and six. Right. And everybody's looking around saying, there's a guy on the staff that took this team to the playoffs. Yeah, there's no way you can bring him back. Impossible. (laughs) So that one would be the most fun if they did. But if you're McDaniels, you are sprinting away from that. You're saying, thank you, Rich. I don't have anything against you, but there is no way I can no. put myself in that situation. Not a chance I'm I mean, doing that. You literally, all you have to do is go, well, I mean, he's a head coach. He's not a, like, he's not a coordinator anymore. He, he's a head coach. Why would I hire a head coach to do a coordinator's job? <laughs> uh, Rich has earned a head coaching job. I also want to ask you one other thing. Vic Tafer reported this before the hires were official. That Mark Davis was said to be enjoying the national media buzz surrounding Josh McDaniels. I've seen what's that? I've seen more negative than positive, right? Uh, on Twitter, right? And that's what you know. You most go now. A lot of it are fans. A lot of it are Denver fans making fun of it. A lot of that I get that, but I haven't seen the national. To me, when you say national buzz and you're excited about it, that insinuates it's positive, right? I mean, you don't want your coach having negative buzz and the guy you just hired. I haven't seen that. Have you? No. Not at all. I I mean, I haven't seen anybody that's overly positive being like, what a hire by the no. Raiders. Like, I don't think national media wise, I don't think anybody's crushed it and been like, this is terrible. This is going to no. blow up in their face. But I don't think there's been anything of the sorts that's been like, this is a great hire. Raiders win the offseason. Josh no. McDaniels is going to win a Super Bowl in Vegas. Has any has just to zoom out to the macro, has any coaching hire or GM hired this particular offseason? Well, not even offseason. This coaching cycle has any of them been like this? This guy got the coach because I thought going into this, it was the enemy and Leftwich and like 
Caldwell. Those were the those were the names that like if whoever got those Brian Flores. Brian Flores, yeah. And it's like nobody. I mean, the Texans might hire Josh McCown. <laughs> no, not excited about. It. He's gotten two interviews with the Texans. Everyone wants to. He hire. was playing quarterback like two years ago. Everyone he wants to interview up. Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, except the Jacks can't do yeah, it. So the Jacks can't do it. I just really. Ah oh, man. So are you waiting on Jim Harbaugh of the Vikings? Is that going to be the one? Oh, that'll because get the most attention. It'd get yeah. the most attention, yeah. but it'd also be the one that I the pe- people have come out and are crushing like the idea of. Why would you hire a guy that basically has a four-year shelf life, and every time he leaves an organization, you basically have to go, okay, now that that bleep hole's gone, let's you, restart. Because you might make it to the Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, most coaches have a four-year shelf life. The odds of McDaniels, the odds are better McDaniels is not here in year five than oh, he yeah. is here in year five. Yeah. And okay, and that's fair, but I guess my thoughts are, if he's not here in year five, it won't be... Because the owner tried to fight him. I mean, I'd enjoy that. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Listen, the owner tried to fight. In the AFC our... title game, but the coach and owner have to fight each other beforehand. <laughs> be beautiful. I think Mike Davis might take that. Oh. The AFC championship game? Yeah, you say, listen, you get might, to go to the might AFC take title it for the game. divisional round. <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> but you're going to have to physically fight your coach. In year four, I think you I might think sign up it. for that. I think you'd sign you up. Might, for like, listen, we haven't been very good since he's been the owner. Well, we're gonna take that. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get beat in this fight because Harbaugh's a little younger than me, but I'm gonna sign up for it. Yeah. And McDaniel, well, how old is McDaniel's? I think he's mid 40s. Yeah, he's got to be in his 40s now. Well, it was 12, I'm on it. 12, no, it's 45 because it's 12 years and he was 33 when okay. he took the Denver job. Well, what, the Super Bowl this year is the lowest combined age of yeah. coaches. Both yeah. Taylor and McVay are under 40. April 21st, 1976, he is 45. 45. 45. Look at Ed Graney. That's why you're Nevada Matt, Sports Writer of the Matt, Year right there. N- numbers, numbers. I'm never good at math, and obviously I'm not good at uh, Wordle either. So Fast, I don't know what I'm good at. big, and 45. <laughs> and we got birthdays. All right. We got two tickets to go see Luke Bryan. He's coming to Vegas Friday, February 25th at Resorts World Theater. And we got a pair of tickets for you right now. Let's have Ed pick the caller number. All right. Luke Bryan, well, two tickets, 702-364-1100. Ed, what number caller? This thing is going to blow up, so I'm going to go higher than we did yesterday. And I don't know why I'm going this number, but I'm going to say 7 plus 7 equals 14. Why'd you do math? Because, because he got 45, uh, right? Got, he's he's 45 on a roll, now. man. I've switched over to math. Yeah, he's not doing 14. Bring on Sudoku. 14. Luke Bryan. 702-364-1100. A pair of tickets to go see Luke Bryan. You're locked in the press box. They lost to the 76ers without Joel Embiid yesterday, and I saw that because of NBA crunch time. Very excited about NBA crunch time. All I right. couldn't get it. I could not find the channel that that was on. Where were you like an hour ago? No, not crunch time. I'm saying like the oh. actual. I literally like planned my day. Like, why would you and, think you could watch the Grizzlies and Sixers? I don't know. There's that they're they're both good teams. I guess I thought it would be on regular TV. No, it's the Grizzlies. Nobody puts the Grizzlies on TV. That is true. Do you have the ticket? That's fair. The ticket? NBA? Oh God! The pass? No. 
That's true. Who, you, what? I asked to borrow 20 bucks from Tyler on the show, and I think he thought I was joking. I wasn't. <laughs> uh, quick question for you. Siri is not up to date on the Raiders coaching no. changes? No. I got a direct message from uh, Willie Pops Ramirez, and he asked Siri, who is the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders? And Siri answered, John Gruden. Hold on. We can do this live on the air. You guys have iPhones, right? Hey, Siri. Who's the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders? The answer I found is John Gruden. Oh. Yeah, well. Slacking behind Siri. What's going on there? It's two coaches behind now, too. How do you do that Siri thing? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have an iPhone? <laughs> I mean, I, you, you could literally save money if you just switch from an iPhone to an Android because you don't use any of the iPhone no. functions. I have some apps. I have, like, Poker and Golf Clash and stuff I'm like that. I'm pretty sure they have all those on. <laughs> you, uh, you'd have to set it up in your settings. No, I think beforehand. I have it because I punched a bunch of buttons, and all of a sudden I hear beep, but if and I'm you, supposed to say something to her, and I just like, yeah, I don't want to do that. If you say, hey, Siri, to your phone, what's your phone do? Hey, Siri. Nah, it's got to be set up. <laughs> Nothing? Okay, yeah. All right. All right. I was just asking. I talk to my phone in my car. You say, hey, Siri? Uh, no, my car's like when I plug my phone and in my car, it's set up that I just, I press a button on my steering wheel and I can tell my phone to do oh, whatever I want it to do. I have all that. Yeah. I okay. mean, I don't know how to use that, but I have all that. <laughs> I mean, I have some, I have a, some major buttons there like call this person, call this person, and all that. Like when I plug my phone in, I have obviously Bluetooth because right. I don't. Hold my phone while I'm driving. Thank God. Um, but I had the Bluetooth. But there's a bunch of things where I push buttons just to see what it does. And like the last 10 calls come up and all that stuff. No chance I know how to like so get to any of that. It's stuff. not so much he's holding a phone as there's a big screen that yeah. he's yes, just exactly. pushing <laughs> buttons while driving. That seems safer. Which actually, the way the law is written in Nevada, I think that's perfectly legal, isn't it? It probably yeah. is. Yeah. You, yeah. Like if you over and the cop was like you were touching the console right. screen on your car you'd be like that's fine it's yeah. not like when they pull you over and said you were touching your phone right yeah. which is hilarious because i don't know anyone like if you're listening to music or a podcast or anything like that you have to do it through your phone like i don't or like you half the time i have to listen to our radio station through my phone because i'm in some random like mountain area uh, Ed, you're gone the next eight days of the show? I'll try to check in as much as possible. Okay. Got the uh, Pro Bowl stuff this week, the NHL started this week, and um, Super Bowl next week. Gone to the Super Bowl yeah. to interview Joe Burrow. Yes. Virtually. 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 <laughs> Let's Joe get that Burrow. right. Let's get that right. It's virtually. Might also, you know, be on a plane when Joe Burrow is <laughs> There could be that as well. Yeah. So, Joe Burrow. From what I Joe Burrow say how many how many uh how many Jimmy Johns are in Los Angeles do you have you I have not even staked that out I haven't staked that out the the thing that I saw was that the closest two restaurants to to SoFi Stadium are a Sizzler and a Chili's haven't been a Sizzler in a while those are the closest restaurants. That's what someone on Twitter said. Oh. That may be. That may be. Me I mean, reading I guess, the comes strong with the iceberg lettuce for the salad bar. It's out it's in. Not, uh, yeah. What? That's it. Comes strong with that. 
At least the last time. I, I don't was think there. anyone has described iceberg lettuce as strong outside of Micromala. <laughs> that's that's a good point, Ed. You might want to back off of this. So you're telling me the Sizzler salad bar? For, last time I was there. I don't want to put. I don't want to put them out there. But <laughs> well, no. when's the last time you were there? Like a uh, decade? No, 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 no. A uh, couple years ago, out in. Um, Boy, what's the town from here before you get to Mesquite? Has Southern Utah University on it? Um, I know the answer to this, but I can't think of it off okay. the top of my head. They have one. Um, man. I have no Cedar idea. Cedar City. Cedar City. Yeah, Cedar City. Yeah. So, uh, it's after Mesquite, isn't it? Is it? Okay. I'm pretty sure I, it's after I, Mesquite. I just keep driving until it yeah. says exit. Mesquite's on the border, and Cedar okay. City's a little farther All in. All right. So, they, they have one. I was there, I want to say... Two, three years ago. Okay. I mean, you know, we played there a few years ago. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's when he, Is that yeah. when he went and yeah. at the Sizzler? He, he drove around looking for a Jimmy John's for an hour. <laughs> and then I had to go to the Sizzler. I went to that game. There was snow on the ground. Very Were you exciting. at that one? Yeah. I had Chick-fil-A, too, because that was before Chick-fil-A was here, and there was one in Cedar City. You'll be happy to know um, I went to Chick-fil-A the other day. You did? First time in forever. What'd you get? Chicken. Chicken sandwich and the wonderful peppermint shake. Oh, oh yeah, those yes. are the bombs. I uh, I like their uh, cookies and cream shake. Okay. I don't like peppermint enough to get and the then peppermint. The shake. wife absolutely loves loves the chicken tortilla soup. Says it's absolutely tremendous. Uh, I have never had the chicken tortilla soup. Well, I'm just telling you, just the telling preview. me. Okay, I probably will never get it because I'm going to get chicken nuggets or a chicken sandwich every yeah. time. Do you take the chicken sandwich home and put mayonnaise on it? Why the hell would I do that? That's what I did. They give you Chick Fil A <laughs> sauce. It's like oh, three- I've never had the sauce. But you put mayonnaise on it? Put, put on some it. Chick-fil-A sauce yeah, on it for like, once. I don't like that sauce. Live like a mayo. little. You haven't yeah. had it. How do you know, Mike? Come like on, Gramala.